the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now, your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio. It's a rainy day here in the Bay Area, and uh, hopefully there will not be any fallout from the rain. We don't need hillsides sliding down. We don't need houses sliding off of hills. We also don't need more power outages, especially uh, here in this winter time where it is getting colder and, and we do have some colder nights as well. Uh, hopefully we won't have power outages throughout the Bay Area. Between the rain and, and the heavy wind that we had, I know there's been some problems. So um, I'm not going to talk about Proposition 19 today. Um, I will take calls. If you'd like to call in, it's 800-516-1220, as long as the call is not about Proposition 19. Uh, the, the time to do something about Proposition 19 or to take action is rapidly running out. I'm not doing it through my office and all of the resources that I have that um, that I have referred people to are no longer taking any new matters as well because there is just uh, there's just too many people that need help and not enough attorneys that can assist them. Um, I would urge you all, though, in reference to this, if Prop 19 is going to affect you or your children or grandchildren, then I suggest you contact your legislator in Sacramento, uh, your state senator, your state assembly person, and complain to them and ask them to take some emergency action to at least extend the deadline uh, for complying with Proposition 19 uh, in order to give more people the opportunity to actually take some action. Uh, That deadline is um, rapidly approaching. It's less than a month away. And if you're just now thinking about doing something, unfortunately, it's probably too late to do anything unless you were to just outright gift uh, real estate to your children right now. And I'm not recommending that that be done. I'm just saying that that you're getting to the point where that's the only option that is left. Uh, please don't try to do that on your own because the, the chances of making a mistake that could have very serious tax and uh, even personal family consequences is great. And um, you really shouldn't do that on your own. So, uh, again, number is 800-516-1220. I'm going to go ahead and uh, follow my usual format today of going through questions and comments from around the state of California. I would um, like to uh, 
Uh, have you listened today? There's some interesting questions that uh, that came up that I'm going to share. And and uh, if it's something that affects you or you're hearing about, then uh, feel free to, to contact me at my office. You can also email questions to me that I may or may not be able to get on the air today. You can email to radio at lawbob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com, radio at lawbob dot com. Okay, uh, here's a question out of Bakersfield. <clears throat> says, an heir was appointed as administrator of an estate, no will. That's what would happen. If there's no will or last will and testament, the person appointed by a court would be the administrator rather than the executor. Executor is if you have a will, administrator is if there is no will. Said this happened in November of 2019. Um, the heir distributed cash assets, uh, I guess, to themselves and to someone else in September of 2019, two months prior to appointment, and also before the petition to start the probate was started. Uh, can this be done? Well, um, the short answer is it could be done if the cash was coming from one or more accounts that actually had the person designated as a beneficiary of the account, what we call a pay-on-death or transfer-on-death account. Um, other than that, I don't know how someone could actually distribute cash to themselves uh, unless it was cash that was sitting inside a safe or an envelope or buried in a coffee can in the backyard. Um, that could be distributed. But if it was cash in a bank account that had the name of the deceased person on it, um, if it was distributed from there and the person had signing authority only on that account, rather than being a co-owner or a pay-on-death beneficiary, <coughs> um, then uh, taking the cash from that account after the person died is actually a form of embezzlement or conversion. It's a form of theft. It would be uh, illegal. If it's found out, the person could be prosecuted for theft because if if the property was supposed to go through the probate process and the person took the cash and pocketed it without putting it through the process, they've actually broken the probate law and maybe broken some criminal laws as well. So um, that's kind of a long answer for what sounds like a simple question, but I think if you've been listening to my show for a while now, i am been on the air coming up on, I think, three years in March, so it's not too far. If you've been listening to my show for any length of time, you know that oftentimes there are what sound like simple questions that should have a simple answer, but often the answer is a lot more complicated than you would expect. This is because law is complicated, estate planning is complicated, and there's really very few simple estate planning questions. Um, I've been doing this for 40 years now, as of this past December, uh, I am a senior citizen. I consider myself to be a well-seasoned citizen, not senior, um, or aged like a fine wine, and, um, and and you know a red wine, not a white wine, because because 
if you drink wine at all, and I occasionally do, you know that white wine doesn't really age well. It's designed to be made and imbibed within a fairly short time after it's bottled. Uh, red wines, on the other hand, uh, depending on how they're stored, they could be stored for a number of years, and they may actually improve in quality uh, over time. So, um, moving on, uh, a new question. Someone said, can my daughter be my medical care proxy without me appointing her? So this person's basically saying uh, they live with a partner, um, and and the um, and their daughter is stepping in and stating that she is the healthcare agent for this person, even though this person never appointed the healthcare agent. They want their partner and cousin to be advocates for future care, and, and but yet the daughter is uh, butting in and doctors are listening to her and things like that. I would say. You need to execute an advanced health care directive. Name the people that you want to provide for your health care and to make the decisions if you're not able to make them for yourself. And you need to uh, make sure that that gets in the hands of your doctor and the hospital and anyone else who's handling your health care so they know that your daughter has no business actually making those decisions for you should you become incapacitated. Okay, well, we're coming up on the first break of our show today. I just want to let you know, if you'd like to ask me a question on the air that is not a Proposition 19 question, just uh, call 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Or email me at radio at lawbob.com. So when we come back after the break, I will continue with more questions and comments from around this great state of California. So I'll see you on the other side of the break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. I'm going to continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. If you would like to call in, and uh, ask me a question on the air, as long as it's not related to Proposition 19, you can call me at 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. Okay, now here is actually an excellent situation to share because it is very commonplace, um, and if things aren't done correctly, it can end up being a massive problem. This is out of Santa Monica, California. And the person says, um, Hi, I've been helping an old lady for a few years. She doesn't have children or a husband. She had a talk with me a few days ago to let me know she wanted to add me to her will. My question is, what do I need to do? She wants to leave me her condominium. Learning from other friends' experiences, I learned that when People or far family members notice that someone has passed away and left money, then they wake up and fight it. I don't want any problem with anyone. I'm happy she added me to the will, but at the same time, I don't want to find myself fighting and pay for lawyers for years and years to fight it. Anything I can do to avoid that? Absolutely. There is a part of our law that presumes 
that if a senior, and I'm assuming old lady means uh, you know, over 65, 65 or over, that if a senior leaves anything of value that's more than uh, $5,000, the presumption is that if it's left to someone who is a caregiver for the person, the presumption is that the gift was put into an estate plan and it was put there by the undue influence of the caregiver. It's a rebuttable presumption, meaning that it's a presumption you can prove by uh, other evidence that that's not the case, that the person was left this substantial gift because um, the person who died wanted to leave them a substantial gift. But the key, the key is, the key is that uh, if you, if you want to do something like that, the best thing to do is have what's called a certificate of independent review. A certificate of independent review is where an attorney reviews the estate planning document you intend to use, whether it's a will or a trust, um, and then, uh, or even if you're making a gift of property now, it's probably a good idea, and and the attorney would interview you, determine why you want to make this gift, what the reasons are, maybe take notes to that effect, and then issue a statement, an attorney's opinion, that the gift that you're making is appropriate, um, that you're not being pressured to do it, that there's not undue influence, and you know exactly what you're doing in order to make that gift. So this is where a certificate of independent review, where the lady were to talk to an attorney and then have the attorney render an opinion that, yes, this is why she wants to leave her condominium uh, to this person who's been helping her out. Uh, she doesn't have children, has no husband, has no contact with other family members. Nobody in the family's helped her. And so uh, that's why she wants to leave it to this person who's been helping her out. Now, caregiver uh, is a term of art. It doesn't mean that occasionally you you drop some groceries by. It means that really that you're you're helping the person maybe with bathing, with with moving around, taking them to the doctor, bringing them home, cooking meals for them. You're really helping out, and maybe you're doing it not being paid at all. But you could even be doing it being paid and still be uh, covered by someone leaving things. I've had clients that have left substantial assets to caregivers, and we always have an independent review done. Now, um, I've been told that I have a caller from Los Gatos. Is that correct? Are you yeah. there? Yes, and who am I speaking with? Your first name is fine. Leo, Bob. Hello, Leo. Call me Bob. So, Leo, what's your question for me? Okay. As, uh, uh, let me let me throw this at you and tell me where I'm wet. Um, each year, you can gift fifteen thousand dollars to numerous people, relatives, friends. Whatever. That's correct. I'll give you what? my full address and everything later so you can do that for me. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> what if you go, let's say you go $15,050. Oh, my do, gosh. Do well, I then pay all the tax help. on that, or does the person 
that receives the money pay the tax? Well, excellent question. Uh, If you make an excess gift, that triggers a gift tax. The gift tax is paid by the person making the gift. It's something that they owe. Now, if you went 50 bucks over, technically you would have to file a gift tax return and tell the IRS, I gave $50 too much and my tax on that probably a tax rate of about 18%. So my tax is whatever it is, um, you know, $12 or something like that. Um, However, we have in our laws a gift tax exemption called the lifetime exemption. Currently, it's the same dollar amount as the amount of estate that you could exclude from estate tax after death. And estate tax is typically paid um, by the estate or by the recipient of the property if there's tax owing. Effectively, it comes out of the same pot if you pay it now or if it's paid later. Um, That is a lifetime exemption. As a practical matter, if you made a slight excess gift, it wouldn't be a big deal. Technically, it means at your passing that $50 has to be added back into what you own to determine if that triggers a tax at the time. Chances are it wouldn't unless you tell me that you're uh, worth north of $11.5 million. Okay, let's say I give $15,000 to one person. Do I have to put that on your income tax forms at all? No, you don't have to file any form at all. It's it's an annual exclusion that does not have to be reported. Um, because and you don't put it on your tax, your income tax return, it doesn't have to be reported. Now I will tell you, it's very, very clear that a lot of people make excess gifts. You know, if someone buys his daughter a fifty thousand dollar automobile and gives it to her for her sweet sixteen birthday, right? That's actually probably a taxable gift. But I'll tell you what, most people are not aware of that, and uh, and unless you have a taxable estate. At the end, when you pass away, it's not going to matter anyway. So it's kind of in the area of no harm, no foul. And the IRS is not really going to care. If you're a multimillionaire and you're giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars, they will want information about that and keeping track. Okay, Leo, uh, coming up on the the show break here. If If you have another question, just stay on the line and we'll pick it up after the break. This is Attorney Bob Bergman. We're at the bottom of the show, and I'll continue after the break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, Attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. Well, I want to thank Leo for calling in before the break. Uh, that was an excellent question about uh, gift tax and when it's owed and who pays it and also um, kind of when it uh, when it kind of doesn't really matter, um, especially right now in the current uh, high gift tax exclusion environment. Uh, most people could make an excess gift over $15,000 a year and not worry about any actual gift tax that is... Uh, going to be incurred. 
with this new administration in Washington, uh, watch carefully. They may want to try to push through a significant reduction in the estate tax and gift tax exclusion, which is currently uh, over $11.5 million, or roughly that. Uh, it's a big enough number that saying approximately is meaningful enough for the vast majority of people. Uh, but they might lower that down, so we don't really um, we don't really know going forward what this new administration may try to move through Congress. Okay, so uh, moving on with some more questions and comments. Here's one out of Anaheim, location of the uh, long-suffering Disneyland and Disneyland cast members who have been out of work all these months. Uh, let's hope that they can get back on track and get reopened um, as soon as possible this year so that um, uh, we don't have uh, we don't have uh, the mouse uh, basically die down in Anaheim. It's uh, very, very rough right now what's happening down there. Okay, so here out of Anaheim, a person said, my uncle recently had a revocable living trust done that included a quitclaim deed transferring his home into the trust, but apparently it was not filed, and then he died suddenly from COVID. Does that mean his estate must be probated? The short answer is no, for possibly um, one or two different reasons. If he just recently had it done, and he had a quitclaim deed that was actually signed by him and notarized, so it was a completed transfer under our law here in California, um, they can just go ahead and record the quitclaim deed to transfer the title into the trust, and that shouldn't have any problem at all. Um, it's not unusual for someone to execute an estate plan, sign a deed, and then die shortly thereafter. I've had that happen probably a half a dozen times in my career where I'm brought in on an emergency basis to do uh, planning. And part of the planning, a very important part of the planning, is to actually sign deeds to transfer real estate into trust ownership so that it's been transferred in the deed before the person passes away and then get the deed recorded. So uh, so that should not be a problem at all. Um, the, the other way that it could be dealt with, which would really not be necessary here, but is to use the Hegstat petition, which I have talked about uh, numerous times on my show, um, a court petition uh, asking the court to sign an order declaring that the property is in fact property of the trust of the person who died because they had clear written evidence of their intention that that property be owned by their trust. Clearly a quitclaim deed that is signed and notarized shows the intention that that real estate be part of the trust. Okay, here's uh, the only Prop 19 question that I'm going to deal with because actually it, it's a very important question and it might uh, have a number of you out there who right now are worrying because you're in the midst of administration of the estate of a parent that died and there's real estate that hasn't been transferred out of the estate or out of mom and dad's trust yet. Question. 
do the new Proposition 19 inheritance laws apply to me if my mother died last year? The answer is no, they do not. Under Proposition 19, the date of transfer contemplated by the law in the case of somebody who has died is the date that they died. So any parent dying before February 16th of 2021, which is a little less than a month from now, um, the date of transfer for purposes of Prop 19 will be the date of death. So um, so if you're panicking right now because um, we can't get it transferred because it's in probate and we it's going to be months before we can get it transferred or or it's in this trust, or we have to get it into the trust so we can transfer it out so we can beat that deadline, you don't need to worry about that. The deadline has already been met when someone has passed away. If a parent has passed away, uh, the deadline has already been met. Okay. Now here, um, person said, my father just died and my mother is panicking. She wants to do a will, but has no idea where to start. She has a house, a car, and a bank account that will be left in the event she dies. She does not want to include my brother because he's a drug addict. Where can I start? We live in California. Okay. I would start by saying the most direct thing to do is do a revocable living trust, transfer the ownership of the house, and the bank account into the trust ownership. Specify in the trust, if desired, that I do not want anything to go to my son, John. You don't have to give a reason why. You can just disinherit him. Say, mention him, and then disinherit him. The uh, The other benefit of this is if the, if mom ever has to go into a nursing home and needs to qualify for Medi-Cal, which is assistance from the government to pay for nursing home costs, uh, her house would not count as a, an available asset for eligibility for Medi-Cal, and it would also not count as an available asset when the state um, wants to be reimbursed for the monies that have been paid out for mom for her long-term care in a nursing home. This is because... Uh, a personal residence that's in any kind of a trust is not subject to recovery by the state for monies paid out for Medi-Cal purposes. So you can avoid probate. You can avoid a Medi-Cal recovery. You can make sure it's clear that your son, John, is not getting anything. And uh, you wouldn't just do a trust. You do a special will called a pour-over will that directs everything to your trust in case you uh, acquire something later and forget to put it in the trust name. You'd want a financial power of attorney so someone had the ability to file tax returns for you to deal with the IRS, the Franchise Tax Board, the Social Security Administration, the Veterans Administration. And you'd want a, a health care power of attorney in the form of an advanced health care directive where someone is designated ahead of time to make medical and health care decisions for you if you no longer can. So a trust deals just with the property that you own. 
but you want to have other legal documents prepared as part of a comprehensive estate plan. A living trust by itself is not going to protect you from a conservatorship if you become incapacitated, and uh, and it will not give enough authority to people to handle other things you may have. Uh, for example, a retirement plan. The trustee of a trust has no authority over an IRA or a 401k plan. All right. Now, here we have an irrevocable trust, and the person's asking a question about successor trustees. So let's see if we can do a little deep dive into here. Take my glasses off so I can read a little better. Yeah. Okay. How can I resign as the trustee and appoint a new successor trustee of an irrevocable trust after the grantor dies? The grantor is the creator of the trust. There are two successor trustees listed in an irrevocable trust agreement where I currently act as sole trustee. The first successor trustee named cannot be reached, and the second successor trustee named declined to act. Okay, so you can't find the first successor. The second successor says, I don't want to do it. I'm not interested. So this person said, I would like to resign as the sole trustee, appoint a new successor other than the two parties named to manage administration and have the new trustee's name appear on all official and public records for the trust. Thank you for your help and guidance. Well, there's some issues there. If the trust document does not give any method in it for appointing additional successor trustees, for example, by letting this trustee appoint a successor, or by having a majority of the beneficiaries appoint a successor, or having an independent party, such as an attorney or what might be called a trust protector, appoint a successor. The only way for this person to take care of this is to go to court and ask the court to appoint a successor trustee to take over. Um, There's no independent authority to just appoint a successor trustee without it being in the trust law where it doesn't generally exist or being in the trust document itself. So that's a problem. That's a real problem there. And I know a lot of older trusts really do not deal with that issue. And uh, and that's unfortunate. So we're coming up on the third break of the show today. Uh, I will take calls after the break if you if someone wants to call during the commercial break here. 800-516-1220. 800-516-1220. Uh, if no one calls, I'll close out the show with more questions and comments from around the state of California. So stay tuned, and I'll see you on the other side of this break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back. So we're on the the final lap of the show today. Uh, This is about the shortest segment of the show. So uh, I'm going to jump right back in with some more questions and comments from around the state of California. And... um, and so let's just dive right in, see what we got here. Uh, this is out of El Monte, California. It says, a friend of mine uh, 
died in 2016 unexpectedly. He did not have a will or trust or anything like that. All of his possessions, mostly tools, were left in his mother's garage. This week she passed away, and I'm led to think that her assets of her estate will be divided between her last living child and her two grandchildren. My question is, do her deceased son's possessions become part of her estate? I would say, um, first of all, I don't know that her stuff would be divided between her last living child and her two grandchildren. Um, that kind of depends on whether she had some kind of a plan or not. Um, and um, if she died with no will of any kind, then it basically would be divided between her her other child and then two grandchildren, if the grandchildren were, in fact, the children of the uh, the sibling or the child that died earlier back in 2016. But the likelihood is if if there were no children of that uh, friend that died in 2016, then his heir would likely be his mother, assuming that he didn't have a father that was alive. See, simple questions, but when you start unwrapping them, there's a lot of more questions to ask. Well, let's assume when the friend died, um, the father was already deceased, and uh, he put it, and his stuff was put into his mother's garage. The mother would likely have an inherited, would have inherited the property uh, because there was no will, what's called intestate succession. Then, when the mother died, uh, the other the child's property that was left in her garage was now part of her estate, and it would go to her heirs under the law unless she had a specific will or a trust. So, simple question, but fairly complicated answer. Maybe more complicated than any of you out there wanted to hear, but that's pretty much what it is. Okay, uh, I have partial tenants in common ownership my home with my fiancé. I'm single, but would like my children from a prior marriage to inherit my share after I die without going to probate court. Will having a living trust do that? Uh, yes, that's probably the only real way to assure that you would put your share of the house in a trust that's your trust in your name that says my property goes to my children. That would bypass the probate court. Uh, you wouldn't have to go through probate at all. Uh, there's really nothing else that you could do that would uh, you could guarantee would work properly except putting your share of the property into a trust. In fact, any of you out there who own a property with a partner or with a sibling or someone like that, and you own it as tenants in common, which means that each of you owns a particular share of the property. It could be equal shares. It could be unequal shares. If you leave it in that way and then die... It's effectively going to drag the entire property through the probate process because even though you only owned part of the property, the property has to go through probate. If someone wanted to sell it or anything like that, you'll have to go and do that through the probate process. So I suggest if you own a property with your brother or sister as tenants in common, Consider putting your share into a trust and tell your brother or sister, set up a trust and put their share into a trust. That makes it so much easier to handle the property 
after one or both of you have died because otherwise you end up dragging an entire property into the probate process even though the person who died only had a partial interest in the property. So that's what I would uh, recommend. Okay, uh, here, I'm planning to get married soon. This is out of Beverly Hills, California. We wonder how that long that marriage will last. I'm planning on getting married soon and have been working on creating a prenup with my fiancé. In the prenup, we both waived rights in each other's separate properties as well as rights in each other's respective estates. Um, It also included info about a rental property I'll be buying soon. It included all the stuff, making sure to avoid community property rights in that property during marriage. Would you recommend me put the property in a trust? Yes. If you have property that is being kept separate from the marriage, real estate especially, bank accounts, brokerage accounts, set up your own trust. Put your property into that trust so that you direct what's going to happen to that property when you die. Um, That makes sense. That's why I would do that. Um, And uh, they want to know, would this be an extra layer of protection? Well, in a sense, it would make it very, very clear what your intention is in reference to that property. You intend it to be separate from the marriage, remain separate from the marriage. And uh, and by putting it into a trust um, with uh, your name on it as the trustee and specific instructions what to do with that property, that pretty much would be not an extra layer of protection, but it would be an extra proof of what your intentions are in reference to that property. So we're coming up on the end of our show today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were informed, educated, and entertained. Until next week, this is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, and I hope you have a relatively dry weekend. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.